Welcome to Manufacturing Talk Radio, the only show that takes a look at the obstacles and opportunities open to small to mid-sized enterprises to manufacture here in America. Brought to you by All Metals and Forge Group with your hosts, Tim Grady and Lou Weiss. Hey, guys. Well, welcome back, everyone, to Manufacturing Talk Radio. Lou Weiss is not with us today. He is on a plane coming back from India where he has taken a sojourn to see what the world looks like over in that part of uh, uh, Asia. Today, however, we have a really exciting guest. We have Mr. Craig Rovere with us. Before I introduce Craig, I'd like to give you a quick recap of last week's or last show. And that was with Mr. Brad Holcomb, who's the chair of the ISM Manufacturing Business Survey Committee, who writes the ISM Manufacturing Report on Business that we went over for the month of March in our last show. Again, that number uh, it continues to be up. It's uh, 53.7, I think the number was, when it came out. And we're kind of looking forward to the uh, the April number coming out here on May 1. And we'll be talking about that number while we are in Las Vegas, Nevada, at the ISM show that's out there. That's the big annual show that they have. So we look forward to seeing any of you out there. If, if you've been a listener to the show, please stop by our booth and say hello. Uh, the other thing that I'd like to touch base on real quickly is some of the manufacturing news uh, consistent with what the ISM is showing, that, for instance, U.S. steel shipments are up 11.4%, and U.S. aluminum shipments are up 15.8% higher, Canada's steel is up 5.5% and aluminum up 14.2%. And a lot of this is going into service centers. So the service center holdback on inventory is now beginning to uh, soften, and service centers are pulling inventory onto their shelves. So they have some confidence that the economy is going to pick up and continue to move forward. So we're excited to see that that is happening at the service center level. Now let's take a quick shift here for a moment, and, and let me introduce uh, our guest, Mr. Craig Rovere. I have had the pleasure of working with Craig for uh, for quite a while, and, and Craig really does know uh, what he is doing in terms of websites, social media, email, just a real broad spectrum of things in the digital world. He's president of Rovere Media. Craig, how are you today? I'm good, Tim. Thanks for those kind words. Appreciate it. Well, you have done some remarkable things for All Metals and Forge Group. Uh, I know that at one point uh, All Metals and Forge launched a website that was uh, uh, built in correctly, and you were instrumental uh, in, I think it was March of last year, in uh, uh, turning the tide for that and getting it reconstituted. And I think the first thing that we're going to talk about today, we know we're going to talk about 10 things for your marketing toolbox. And the first one is that website. You want to touch briefly on that, Craig? All Metals and Forge Group is a really good example of, uh, you know, how things can go bad when they're done wrong. Um, they, The site, as you know, uh, was online since 1994. They're actually, you can look them up. They're one of the uh, one of the first websites, uh, web presence on the Internet. So, uh, you know, to his credit, Lou Weiss really saw the writing on the wall and, and got out in front of the Internet train. Um, and to his credit, uh, you know, 
that that was a great move on his part. You know, he got out there. Google loved that, and uh, you know, they had a ton of traffic. As you know, the uh, you know the, the monthly traffic on there was uh, what was it like like sixty thousand at one one point uh, visitors. But the site was old. It was getting a little longer than tooth. It was done with some older technology. It had some HTML in there. You had some PHP. All these different you know people had worked on it over the years. So it it was sort of a a mess. But it, it still performed well, and it got a lot of visitors. So what they did is they went and they built a new site, and uh, the site wasn't built properly. Uh, the, the people that they had hired to build the site and the firm that they hired to do the SEO, unfortunately, uh, didn't do a good job. They actually made some some very critical mistakes, and some of the stuff they did was, uh, like we talked about last time, uh, was black hat or some of it is termed gray hat, uh, where it sort of – toes the line between stuff that Google really, really frowns upon. That just killed them. Uh, their traffic just immediately cratered um, once the uh, once all the black hat stuff had been, uh, the plug had been pulled on things like link farms and, and things like that, sites in Russia that just have, you know, tons and tons of links to generate traffic to your site, but it's not good traffic. It's just random computers and crap like that. Uh, once Google got wise to it, and it didn't take them very long, traffic cratered, and the whole thing sort of fell apart. So uh, my company came in. We took a look at what had been done, and um, we basically had to start from scratch. Um, yeah, we did a great job with it, too. I know we had another uh, outfit that uh, we were working with in Houston, Texas, some folks called Top Spot Internet Marketing. Uh, they have done a, a terrific job with, building out uh, the site as well, and Craig worked with them. I, I have to tell you that the collaboration between the two was really quite critical. So that worked uh, very, very well. And uh, I, I know that, you know, I still run into sites out there where somebody says, send me an email, and they say, oh, my address is timgrady at hotmail.com. Give us your comments on that, if you would, briefly, Craig. My comment is I hate that. That is the least professional thing a human being can do is to have, you know, an AOL, I think, is the worst. I think if you have an AOL address, and I don't mean to bash on AOL. They're a wonderful company. But I feel like if you have an AOL address or or a Hotmail or a Yahoo address or even a Gmail address um, and you're not using your your email for your company, you know, abc.com, you don't look professional. Look like somebody who's um, somebody who's working out of their garage. When you register a domain, when you register, you know, timgrady.com, you get emails with that account. Email, you know, uh, invoicing at timgrady.com or accounting at timgrady.com. Use those, set them up. If you don't want to have another email to check, you can set it up as a forwarding account and just any emails that come in there will go to your Gmail account. But that's your face to the world and that's your point of contact for people. And if you, if you have a, you know, a, a third party Yahoo or Gmail uh, email, it just, it looks unprofessional. So step one, do that. That's great, Craig. Uh, and the third component, really, of that website, you know, the initial build, and this is where Craig and those folks in Houston, Top Spot Internet Marketing, really helped us out, it was the proper SEO. Craig, you know, SEO is kind of a mystery term to people. Why don't we flesh that out a little bit for folks? Okay. SEO, search engine optimization, is making your site more attractive to 
the search engines. It's basically setting the right bait to get them to to look at you. Now, back in the day when when this whole thing first started, it was just you put a bunch of keywords there in the code of the site, and then they'll find you. But it's so much more complex than that. Um, you know, the entire site, every word on the site, needs to be uh, crafted carefully so that it reflects that you are. Uh, the expert or you are the source or you're the go-to place for a product or service. Uh, in the case of All Metals and Forge Group, they have hundreds and hundreds of different uh, alloys that they deal with. So it was critical that we figure out, okay, what are the top draws there? And let's make sure that those are featured more prominently than the ones that aren't, but they all have to be there. And then what you have to do is you, you go in and you hire someone uh, like we did, uh, like with TopSpot, to go in there and make sure that the copy on the site, the, the words that are on there, include these key words so that the, when the search engines look at it, they no longer look at the, the words in the code and stuff like that, the keyword stuffing that we use. Uh, they actually look at the content of the site. Uh, a good idea not to have any of the text on your site be part of a picture. Search engines can't see it other than as a picture. They just say, okay, this is a picture. And there's ways to describe to the search engines in alt tags, say, okay, this is a picture of a house. This is a picture of a wrench, that kind of thing. But that's nowhere near as effective as having all the copy as actual uh, text on your site. So going through the site, and there's there's hundreds and hundreds of rules, and, and you can look them up with Google. Google is very good at providing uh, webmasters and web developers and end users with instructions on how to do all this stuff. They don't want it to be a mystery. They want you to be able to do it right so that your site uh, ranks higher. But uh, just basic on-site SEO is is the first step. And that's the first thing we had to do with All Metals and Forge Group is we had to go in and really look at none of their images had alt tags on them. So search engines couldn't figure out what those were pictures of. They saw that they were pictures, but they had no description. So the search engines just sort of said, no, that's a picture. Um, but we went through there and, and we made sure that every image had a very specific alt tag to tell the search engines, okay, this is a picture of a forged ring in this alloy. And that just makes it a little bit more attractive to the search engine. So uh, top to bottom, you really have to look at your entire site, the copy, the images, all that good stuff, page names. Here's another one. Go through a basic site. You, you have pages. You have about us. You have services. You have contact us, that kind of thing. Uh, those are very generic terms. They're not super attractive to a search engine. So what you want to do is you want to name your pages or have your web guy or girl go in and name your pages according to the content that's on their pages. With All Metals and Forge Group, we went in and whatever the content of that page is, is the name of the page. Instead of just having it be metals or, uh, you know, forgings uh, or, or that kind of thing. Uh, we went in there and we made sure that every page had whatever was on it was the name of the page. Uh, stuff like that, real basic stuff that everybody worth their salt who's building a website should really, really know uh, is critical to having your your site rank properly. And I think it's also important and not very easy to find good writers. You know, one of the challenges I see reading almost anything today, whether I pick up a newspaper or a magazine, I'm discovering more and more writers out there who struggle to write a cogent English sentence. So I think you need to look at who's writing your website. I know the other thing that All Metals and Forge discovered was that, you know, it, there's this temptation, as Craig mentioned, the keyword stuffing to put 15 alloys on one page, and that's not today what the search engines are looking for. They're, I guess, Craig, they're looking for 
a page specific to a term. That's that correct. right. Yeah, that's correct. They, if if you have a, a, a a company like All Metals and Forge Group that does so much different stuff, or even if you have a company that it just does one or two things, uh, you want to have a page dedicated to that subject. You don't want to have one page that tries to cover everything you do. You know, if you sell donuts and you want to talk about, you know, your frosted donuts or your, you know, your Boston creams, give them a separate page for each one. That way, the search engines can recognize, okay, you've got specific content here and specific content there. Uh, the search engines aren't going to read. Uh, the entire page and then discern, okay, uh, you have all these uh, different services and, and, you know, they're smart, but they're not super smart. You got to help them along. Uh, so it's always a good idea to have uh, a different page for your different subject matter. So break your site up a little bit, make it easier for the search engines to chew and understand, uh, and they will see you more as, uh, as an expert on the subject. Great. Great. That's, that's really helpful. Uh, I know that the other thing that companies often struggle with is, you know, what's my leave behind piece? What's my handout piece? Uh, a, a simple brochure, really. Uh, and in, in my experience in working with you, Craig, and some other folks, I guess I, I've learned uh, you know, just being a radio jock here and not uh, the, the marketers you guys are, that you really, if you build your website first and express all of your content there, the brochure becomes easy. Would you, would you say that's about right? Absolutely. It used to be back in the day, it was the other way around. People would, uh, everyone had a brochure. Uh, and uh, then they said, okay, well, let's just turn this into a website. Uh, now it's the other way around. People really have turned their back on printing. I mean, I, I have friends in the printing industry that are just dying for work. And, you know, nobody wants to print up 10,000 brochures like they used to because if, you know, if something changes, a service, a product, a person, whatever, you got to scrap them and reprint the whole thing. So nobody wants to do that anymore. So people have sort of turned their back on printing. Always a good idea after you developed your site and you got all your copy and everything set and, and it looks beautiful and everything. Take that stuff, put it into a printed brochure, even if you just do a short run at a digital printer. But then the key is take that uh, that printed brochure, convert it into a PDF. Now, search engines can read some PDFs um, depending on how it's converted. But if you if you have your, your agency convert it to a PDF, put it up on your website, have it be downloadable. Again, it, it shows Google that you are the... Uh, the sub, you are an expert on that subject matter, and it's always good to have something that the client can download, take with them, print out on their own, that kind of thing. So, you know, I wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't tell people to invest heavily in printing because, uh, again, things change. But uh, if you if you're going to do a brochure, make sure that it gets converted to a PDF or is put on your website in some format so that you get the benefit of that. Oh, that's great. Now, the other thing I've noticed, and I and I look at a lot of PDFs throughout the day is that people don't utilize, and maybe they don't know, that a PDF can have hypertext links. Is that right, Craig? That's correct. They can have hypertext links. They can have email links, uh, videos embedded in there. Uh, Acrobat, which is a program by Adobe uh, that, that creates and reads the PDFs. Acrobat Pro, you can create a very interactive. We actually uh, sometimes use Acrobat to uh, build websites. We'll build functioning um, documents that work like a website in Acrobat. So take a look at that. Talk to somebody who knows uh, and and really explore what you can do with a PDF because it's good as a marketing piece because you can always send it by email to somebody and it's an interactive piece for them. It's got links out to pages on their site 
where it's got videos embedded in there and the email links and, and all that kind of good stuff. So it's definitely worth looking at. It's not just a static document like it used to be. Now, I don't know that we've ever mentioned, I, I just dawned on me, Craig, have we mentioned your website address on the show? Oh, my goodness. Here comes shameless plug, <laughs> rovermedia.com, R-O-V-E-R-E-M-E-D-I-A.com. Uh, we're a full-service agency. We do it all, everything from radio shows to websites, television, uh, marketing, branding, and packaging. Thanks for the plug. Yeah, you're welcome. You're welcome. And before we get to our next shameless plug, uh, we're going to take a quick break for a, a commercial here. Thanks. When you use the Premier Rewards Gold Card from American Express, the rewards points can keep on multiplying. Buy three with triple points on airfare. Buy two with double points on gas and groceries. And a single point for pretty much every other dollar you spend on the card. Then, start choosing from over a million rewards to redeem all those points. Apply today and the annual fee for the first year is on us. Call 1-800-AXP-GOLD or visit AXPGOLD.com. The annual fee for the card is $175. See terms, conditions, and restrictions at AXPGOLD.com. And since we're giving plugs out freely here this morning, let's be sure and plug our sponsor for this show, All Metals and Forge Group, your best source for open-die forgings and seamless rolled rings in alloy, carbon, stainless, and tool steels, nickel, aluminum, titanium, copper, you name it, they can do it. To learn all about their capabilities and extensive clientele, just visit steelforge.com. That's steelforge.com. Dot com, or send us your request for quote. All right, back to our search within the black arts here. That world is SEO. Hey, I had a question that came in on uh, Twitter here. Somebody wanted to know if somebody has done something bad, like you were talking about, and created all these bogus backlinks, which used to be an SEO trick. You'd buy these links to Russia or places and everything, and somehow you had more links to your site. You were going to do better. How do you get rid of those links? Well, unfortunately, you're kind of you're in trouble because once they're set up and they're out there, as you know, with anything else on the internet, you ask any uh, Justin Bieber or <laughs> Selena Gomez. Once something's out on the internet, it's out on the internet, and you can't get it back. Uh, fortunately, a lot of these uh, these black hat services are pay to play. So once you stop paying, they go away. But uh-huh. the, the links will linger. I still find sites that are hanging out on pages um, hosted in you know uh, in Russia and Eastern Europe and Poland and that kind of stuff that were set up. Uh, by the uh, the naughty SEO company for All Metals and Forge Group. And, you know, I just have to go in there and, and contact them and tell them to get rid of it and that kind of stuff. But it, it stays out there. But more importantly is your reputation with Google. It's like any other relationship. Once you've been naughty and you got caught being naughty, you have to earn their trust back. Wow. So you just have to do the right thing and continue doing the right thing until they, you know, there's no real uh, set formula for uh, at which point they will uh, welcome you back with open arms. But it's taken All Metals and Forge Group a few months. But, uh, you know, as soon as we got the new site up there with the new SEO and we started doing a bunch of the other things that we're going to talk about, things immediately started to improve. So you have uh, to be careful about what you put on the Internet. Just as Tim Grady's learned those pictures of him 10 years ago at the company office party still floating around out there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's just uh, you know yes, at the end are. of the day, at the end of the day, you just you don't want to get on the bad side of Google because yeah, uh, yeah, they'll make you disappear. Now that now that uh, lovely voice that you were hearing is our uh, our studio engineer Paul Roberts, 
uh, who uh, occasionally gets involved with us. We, <laughs> we love to have him. Uh, he's uh, he's really quite brilliant with us. He helps us out putting this show together. Um, I I want to ask you, Craig, business cards. I know it's very basic, but you know the, the last raging debate I heard on business cards is on the domain name. Do you still need the www, or is that now passe? Ah, uh, to be crazy. It's it's passe. You really don't have to type it. If you try in any of the modern browsers, even even the uh, the lagging behind in technology Internet Explorer, you don't have to type www anymore. No more than you have to type http semicolon backslash backslash, which is what appears in code before the www. Now, originally back when the web started, you had to type all that crap out, but now. Uh, you don't have to type anything. You just start typing the URL and the uh, your browser, no matter what it is, Firefox, Chrome, Internet Explorer, um, Opera, it will take care of that for you. So in print, it always saves space when you don't have to put in the www. We all know that. Um, it just – your address.com saves space and saves ink and possibly trees. So uh, good idea. <laughs> also another good idea if I, while we're on the subject of like uh, uh, business cards and that kind of stuff. Um, it, people, when I say to them, okay, let's print up some business cards, like, oh, geez, why? People lose them, this, that, and the other thing. Uh, that's true. Who walks around with, like, the uh, the George Costanza wallet, you know, six inches thick with business cards and receipts and stuff like that? Nobody likes to do that. But what we do have is these fancy little devices that we walk around all day, these phones. What I recommend to my clients is to put on the back of a card is a QR code. Uh, now, we've all seen these things. They're these funny-looking little squares. Uh, and they look like uh, little little digital broken-up bitmapped squares. Uh, and they kind of look like barcodes, but not. If you go on the Internet and you Google uh, QR code, you can find uh, websites where you can generate uh, a QR code, generate it, and download it yourself. So you can print that on the back of your business card, Okay. And then when you give your card to somebody, they hit it with their little – there's a million free apps out there to uh, to download uh, QR readers. And what you can do is you can have it do a number of things. You can have it linked to your website so when they scan it, it immediately takes them to your website. Or you can have it load a contact card um, into their address book so they get all your contact information, your name, address, phone number, uh, email, all that stuff. And it will automatically create a contact in – your address book on your phone. So that's what I recommend they do. That way, you know, they scan it real quick and then whatever happens to the business card after that, but at least they get it. And then that's that has become the Rolodex. You know, our phone is our Rolodex nowadays. So still print your business cards because it looks professional, but put a QR code on there because nobody walks around with a pocket full of business cards. Okay, that's great information. You know, the other thing that's coming up now is a lot of social media discussion. Uh, and, and I to this day, don't really know how to use it effectively. Uh, the first one that, that comes to mind is Twitter. Craig, can you help our listeners understand how in the business-to-business world they can use Twitter effectively? Depending on what type of business, and since we talk to mostly industrial clients here on the show, uh, I'll try and tailor the conversation uh, to that. Uh, I use it a little bit different with some of my clients, some of my retail clients, like I have a chain of uh, barbershops, hair salons, uh, similar to uh, Supercuts. Um, we use, when, when things are slow at a certain location, we'll have them tweet out a coupon. Next 10 people in the store get half off of, uh, you know, coloring. And boom, you have instant customers. 
Um, for for bigger clients, industrial clients like that, uh, the General Electrics, the Caterpillars, and stuff like that, if you follow them on Twitter, it's it's an informational source. Uh, they try to put out something informa- informational, informative, a link, something that's going on with the company. It's uh, you know it's a 140 character quick update. Now, the actual tweet itself. Whether or not the subject matter is interesting or not, it's kind of tricky with a with an industrial client. The idea here is this helps SEO. Everything go all roads lead to SEO. Google looks at that. Google takes a look at your um, your presence on the web as a whole. It's not just looking at your site and the pictures and the words and that kind of thing. Google looks at your presence in the internet universe as a whole, and they like to see a well rounded presence, and that means a regularly updated Twitter account. Uh, and they look at how many people you have following you, uh, which is important because that indicates to them, okay, this company has a lot of followers and they're very active. Uh, they're a good source of information, so that increases the rank. Um, it, it can be tricky. I mean, updating a Twitter account every day is not something that everybody likes to do. I mean, trying to fill that void 140 characters at a time gets gets a bit much. Um you know, especially if you have an industrial client, it's like you know we're we're making parts. Same thing we did yesterday. <laughs> what uh, what are you looking? Uh, but if if you go out there, you and you look around, there's always industry news uh, hiding in some little corner of the web that you can uh, find, and you can uh, tweet out a link to it. Or if there's some new product or service uh, going on uh, with your company that you want to uh, that you want to get out there, um, so it, it's important to have a, a presence on Twitter, but. The most important thing is don't have it and not update it. Get task someone within the company uh, who can string together uh, a coherent sentence and, <laughs> and have that person's job to tweet and tweet a few times a day. That's what Twitter, that's what uh, Google likes to see. Oh, a couple of times a day. Gee, it even became uh, more challenging now. Well, uh, that's great advice. Now, the next one, and I know that Lou struggled with this, and, and I often scratch my head on this one as well, and that's Facebook. Uh, you know, we're in, you know, Facebook to me is uh, uh, my daughter talking to one of her friends uh, at school. It just doesn't strike me as a business tool. Again, Craig, how do they use Facebook to be a business tool? Well, it, it all roads lead to SEO. Uh, again, it's part of the well-rounded package that uh, that Bing and Google and the other search engines like to see. They they take these things into consideration. Um, it's it's a good way to keep up with uh, you know with potential clients that type of thing. Uh, let people know what's going on. Very similar to Twitter, but you can you, you the the content is uh, is more rich. Uh, but again, the same thing. It's important to have this presence there. It's got to be there. By not having it, it makes more of a statement than than having it to the search engines. Um, the link backs alone are important. You're always going to be linking back to your site and linking to pages on your site and articles and that kind of stuff. Um, so that in and of itself is a SEO positive. So. You know the answer, the short answer to the Twitter, Facebook thing, and uh, and the, the rest is SEO. It all goes back to SEO. Um, and whenever you're doing it, whenever you're updating it, you've got to do it every single day. Uh, in the case of Twitter and Facebook, it's a good idea to up t- update these things multiple times a day. If they start to get stale, people start to sort of look at it and they say, "Oh, you're you're not, uh, you know, there's been no updates in two weeks." They're not coming back again. Um, so it, it's important. And there's a whole advertising network on Facebook where you advertise to people while they're on Facebook. And it's it's sort of it's 
its own um, sub-universe on the internet uh, where they do their own tracking of traffic and, and their own, uh, you know, it's a captive audience there. You know, people think, oh, well, Facebook is, you know, it's this public network. It's, it's not public. It's a private network. Okay. You, you agreed to join it and you agreed to let Facebook look at everything you say and do, regardless of what your privacy settings say. So, uh, <laughs> think of Facebook as the internet without any privacy controls, regardless of what they tell you in terms of, you know, oh, adjust your privacy settings. Your friends or your ex boyfriend or your ex husband or your kids might not be able to see what you're doing, but Facebook sees what you're doing and they share that information with us. All of us advertisers and stuff like that. Uh, once you become an advertiser with Facebook, you it's it's you know it's like the internet with with all safety controls off. Uh, everything you say, your conversations, all that stuff, the keywords in, buried in there, and in your in your your conversations back and forth, and the private stuff that you put on your wall, we see all of that, and we use it for marketing purposes, not for privacy invasion, not for the NSA. Uh, but for marketing purposes, if we see you talking to uh, your friends about, oh, geez, I, you know, my car is breaking down. I got to shop for a new car. Uh, boom. Magically, you start to see uh, ads for new cars. Isn't that amazing? So it's like having someone eavesdrop on you at all times. So it's a good idea to be out there on Facebook and, and to, to have your stuff out there and, and get into Facebook advertising so that uh, it's another venue to reach your audience. Oh, good. Okay, now I understand that a little bit more. Now, I know on some websites, actually more and more websites, I see you know a, a Twitter logo, a Facebook logo. Now I'm beginning to see the LinkedIn logo. I guess that's how Google knows that you're involved in these things. How? And I know there are LinkedIn groups, discussion groups. How does someone use LinkedIn, which I always thought was a place to try to go find a job, for business-to-business marketing? LinkedIn started as just a networking place, a professional networking place. It was sort of the suit and tie answer to Facebook uh, or MySpace at the time. It was a place where professionals would get together and sort of build your your network of people that you know and that you've worked with and, and contacts and that kind of thing. And, and it was sort of an online Rolodex of, of your business contacts. But it's morphed into more of a social network at this point where you can uh, put out updates, uh, what you're doing. and what it, So it's it's similar to Facebook in, in that way and in that respect. But again, the same thing, you can go in there and you can do targeted advertising based on uh, what people are looking for. Uh, so it's gone beyond being just a, a place where professional people can uh, can network and, and that type of thing into something that's more like a uh, a little bit more professional Facebook. Uh, there's a there's a bunch of other tools in there that uh, you know that you can use to uh, to advertise and market. But again, it's along the same lines. And as far as having the uh, all those icons on your on your website, always a good idea. Uh, because you want people to connect with you uh, in that way, even if it's just one of those uh, social media outlets, even if it's just Twitter or just Facebook or that kind of thing. You want to make it easy for them to connect with you because the more users you have connected, the bigger your social network is, uh, the more attractive it is to search engines. So uh, it's all part of that master plan to make you look like you are the expert uh, on whatever product or service you you provide. So having it there so they can just click a button, boom, they're connected, done. You've got them. Uh, and now you can market to them. Now you know who they are. When someone connects with you on Facebook or when somebody connects with you on uh, on Twitter, now you know who they are. You have a direct line to them. You, you, you can go and you can look at their profile and that kind of thing. And, and you can see the type of people that are going to your website and going to your uh, LinkedIn or your Facebook or your Twitter and that kind of thing. It gives you a little bit more insight into uh, – who your audience is and, and 
you can address them directly. So all more or less the, the same way, same different ways of doing the same thing. Well, that's very, very helpful. Now, I, I know that, you know, at the at kind of the top of the show, you mentioned that uh, steelforge.com, which had been up since 1994, was getting a little long in the tooth. And the next challenge that I often hear about people who uh, have websites is how do I keep this updated? What, what do I add for additional content? Craig, why don't you go over some suggestions for updating content in websites? The idea that it's like a billboard and you can just put it up there and then that's it and walk away from it is something that uh, was true back in the day. You just sort of had to build a good website, then you left it there like a billboard and then it drove business. Um, unfortunately, that's not the case anymore. Um, Google keeps track of when you update your website. They know how old the content is. Uh, and that, you know, even if you have a product or service that really doesn't change, you know, you, you, you make a widget and you make the same widget year in and year out, you have to constantly update. And when I say constantly, it doesn't mean every day, but just from month to month, there has to be something going on with your business where you can change the description or you can change some of the images or something along those lines to keep your site fresh. The last thing you want to do is have your site go stale. And Google sees that the site hasn't been updated it's sort of a red flag to them. And they'll say, oh, you know, is, is this company even in business anymore? Uh, did they, did they uh, you know, do they go out of business and their website's just up because their contract, uh, you know, doesn't expire until the end of the year? All these things go through Google's little uh, hive mind there. And, and they start, uh, you start going down, start getting uh, demoted. Uh, so good idea to go in there, even if you just put up different pictures and slightly different descriptions of your product or service go in there. There's always something going on at a company that you can talk about, uh, some sort of new product or new service or even a discontinued product or service. It's always a good idea to just stay in there and keep the content fresh. Uh, now, if that means just having somebody come in, hire a writer, a freelance writer, a good one, look at their work in the past, don't just hire some some person who's going to go out there and use what are called spin bots. Uh, spin bots, you can take like a, a section of copy from, say, a competitor's website. And you can run it through these spin bots, which are robots, and they just take the copy and they put it in a blender and they replace all the the, uh, the verbs with other verbs. And they basically take a thesaurus and replace words with other words that mean exactly the same. And sometimes it comes out good. Sometimes, most of the time, it comes out like mush. But go in there, hire a writer, have them look at your site, have them rewrite a couple of things, somebody who knows about SEO and that kind of thing, even if you do it every three, four months. Have somebody go in there and rewrite the copy or, or just tweak the copy a little bit so that it shows that you are tending to that garden uh, and, uh, and Google will leave you alone. They won't, they won't beat you up too much. Uh, pictures, same thing. Go in and you know, to have some new pictures taken of your product or, or your service or, or you know, your, your bios or something like that along that line. Just uh, tend the garden, keep it fresh, keep turning the soil, uh, and uh, flowers will grow, as it were, because uh, Google likes to see that. Okay. Just want to kind of review for everybody before we take a commercial break here what we've covered. We've, we've talked about the website and email addresses, uh, specifically not being a AOL or a Gmail or a Hotmail or one of those, but an, an actual email address with a domain name in it, the proper SEO, and then take that content from your website and create a brochure. That's kind of uh, old school, new school. Uh, then your business cards and, and have, now what did you call that in the back of a business card? It's called, a, it's called a QR code. 
Okay. You can, you can go online and you can embed whatever info you want on it and, and have your agency put it on the back of your business cards or your brochures. And that's that little square-looking thing? Yeah, it looks like a little black-and-white square with a bunch of other little squares inside of it. And it's basically a digital link in the printed world. Okay. And then, you know, a Twitter account, and, and Craig recommended you know, tweeting a couple of times a day if you can, a, a Facebook account, a LinkedIn profile, and then we talked about keeping your website updated. When we come back from commercial break, we're going to talk about number 10, and then I've got a question for Craig on a particular resource. So let's take a quick commercial break. Once again, we want to remind you about the generosity and capabilities of our sponsor here, All Metals and Forge Group, who graciously puts the show on for the general manufacturing community. They are an ISO 9001 and AS9100 registered company. They provide manufacturing and industrial companies with quick price and delivery quotes and clean quality forgings for all sorts of parts. Gear blanks, downhole shafts, hubs or subs, you name it, they can do it. Just simply visit steelforge.com and find out more. Or send us your request for quote for any open die forgings or seamless roll rings, anywhere from 20 pounds to over 80,000 pounds. It's all there waiting for you to check them out. Steelforge.com. There's something uniquely positive about the word up. When things are good, things are looking up. When you want to go fast, you speed up. And when you're really cheering, you stand up. So when you want to move up, what do you do? Well, when it comes to getting your bachelor's degree or master's degree, there's one university that stacks up better than virtually everyone else. And that university is Brandman. Brandman University is ranked by U.S. News & World Report as one of the nation's top ten universities for online bachelor's programs. And it ranked best in the state of California. Brandman also received top honors from U.S. News & World Report for our online graduate programs in business and education. Plus, our programs are available on ground at more than 25 convenient campuses. So to wrap things up, we recommend you look us up at brandman.edu. That's brandman.edu. And find out how to move up like never before. Brandman University. Move up. All right, let's head back as we wrap this up in the last 10 minutes here. Lots of interesting tips and ideas. If somebody's doing good stuff or bad stuff when you hire them, that's the question I have because it sounds like here's a company, All Metals and Forge Group, a lot of resources, a lot of experience on the Internet, and yet they got stung. How do you know if this guy's doing good or bad? They, re they really did, and, and it was unfortunate because they hired what they felt was a reputable firm. What that firm did was say, okay, we're going to give you all these great traffic numbers. That's the first warning sign. When someone says to you, anyone calls you on the phone or says to you in a meeting or whatever, that they can guarantee you that you'll be on the first page of results with Google, run away. That is the first sign that they are a bad firm because no one can do that without cheating. It can't be done. It's an organic process. It happens over time. Uh, it doesn't happen overnight. It doesn't even happen in a week. It doesn't happen in a month. Okay, it takes time. So if someone promises you that they can get you on the first page of Google, that's a that's a red flag. Run away. Don't. Do, I get. It's funny because I run a firm that does this, and I get calls from people uh, every week telling me that they can get my site on the first page of Google. I say, well, first of all, I'm already there. Second of all, no, you can't. 
but that that's the first sign. But you want to look at what they're doing. Make them tell you what they're going to give you in writing, what they're going to do, what their their process is going to be. That was part of the problem with All Metals and Forge Group is they trusted this group that uh, they hired so implicitly that they just sort of gave them the keys and said, all right, you know, just bring it back with a full tank. And uh, they proceeded to run the car into a tree. So, yeah, just watch what they're doing, ask questions, find out uh, their, their strategies, and then look up those strategies online. Use Google to protect you. Uh, Google is a powerful tool. Go online, look at what they're doing, and then search it and talk to other firms. It doesn't cost anything to call somebody up and ask them some questions. You might find a, a reputable firm that you have some questions about who you're working with. And the next thing is landing pages and search versus display advertising. Give, give us some insight on that, if you would. Okay. So landing pages are unique pages set up that you direct traffic to from your ads online. When you run an ad, like a banner ad on a site or something, and, and the user can click on it and it takes them to your site, do you want them to go just to your homepage? Uh, if you offer a bunch of different services like All Metals and Forge Group does where they have, um, you know, they have seamless rolled rings, they have uh, forge shafts, step shafts, uh, that kind of thing, gear blanks, hubs, they will run a, an ad just for gear blanks to, in a targeted publication online. And then when you click on that ad for gear blanks, it takes you to a special homepage that is just about gear blanks or takes you just to a section just on gear blanks. Now, the reason you want to do this is, A, so you can see if your ads are working because you don't want to trust the people that you're running the ad with to give you a report for how many clicks you had this month because they can lie and they do. <laughs> this way you know you can look at your analytics and say, okay, that particular page that I set up just for that ad campaign, it's getting a ton of traffic. We know that ad's working or it's got no traffic so the ad's not working. But that way you have when you, when you have a specific ad targeted to a specific product or service, they can go to a specific page for that. That way they don't have to wander through your site. Okay, now they clicked and now they're at your home page and they got to navigate. People have less and less patience online these days. Uh, it used to be that you know people were patient with a website and they would hunt around and they would poke and click. And nowadays, if it's not right there, they will go back and they will find someone else. So you really have to, I call it the Fisher-Price approach. Make it like Fisher-Price simple big buttons and, and real easy to, to figure out what it does. Uh, so the landing page is set up to be a specific destination uh, for uh, an ad or a link that you have out there somewhere. You make a powerful point, Craig, because I know that the home page used to be the target. You wanted to drive everyone to your home page, and that's not the case anymore. Now it's landing pages. Yeah, you want to you want to have those landing pages uh, set up so that a you can keep track of your traffic uh, for your specific ad campaigns, and then and then b so that you give the people what they want, and you can see what's working, see what's working in your ad campaigns. We'll do you know an a b. We'll do you know say it's uh, for gear blanks with all metals and forge group. We'll actually have two different ads. Uh, for gear blanks, and they have just a slightly different message to them. And then we'll see which one works based on the traffic to that landing page. So it can help you tweak your, your ad campaign really well. You also had asked about uh, search versus display, and this sort of talks to that. There's two different kinds of types of advertising you can do with Google search and display. Uh, search is like when you search for a term, like uh, you know, seamless rolled rings. And those ads that appear along in the side column, the paid ads or the ones up top, that's going to be your, your search network, where it's just going to be text and a link, and it's going to be based on particular keywords. 
the display network, uh, which was until recently was called the content network, is a huge network of websites. I mean, millions of websites that have a little a portion of their website set aside for the Google AdSense network. You know, when you're you're on the web and you you go to some news site or you go to some innocuous site and it's, it's got an ad that pops up there and then the next time you visit it's got a different ad that pops up there well those are blank spaces on the website that are set aside for google adsense uh and when you submit an ad to go in there they will randomly be filled in in that spot or based on your search uh or the content of the website a particular ad will show up there um there's a little bit more to it, but I can see our, our, our producer is sort of waving fingers at me here, so I don't want to eat up too much of your, the time you have left. But uh, there's two <laughs> different kinds of uh, of advertising, search and display. Display is, is pictures, you know, ads and that kind of stuff. Uh, search is going to be uh, more text-based. Um, but uh, they should all go to landing pages. So ask your agency about that. Okay, and really, really quickly, uh, how about uh, the difference between organic and paid with organic search means somebody legit typed in a, uh, a term or a word uh, looking for your company and they found you naturally because your site was SEOed properly and you've got the right words and all your images have alt tags and that stuff that's organic it just happened naturally it's the term organic you know paid search is you tell Google okay I want to have a paperclip campaign and uh, these words, seamless rolled rings, uh, forged steel, forged alloys, that kind of thing. When someone searches for those, okay, I will pay uh, per click, as, it's, as, as the name indicates, uh, to be higher uh, in the rankings. Okay, and, but once, the, once you've reached your limit on your budget for that sort of thing, that's it. Uh, that's, it's a much broader subject than that. But uh, it's basically one happens naturally, one you pay for. Now, there's no way to pay to have your, your, your results be number one. You can just be better than, and maybe we'll go into that on another show. But uh, just uh, paid is is paid. Organic is, you know, they found you naturally. Organic is the best because it's free, and you got there naturally. You got there by doing the right thing on your website. You got there by building your site properly and, and having LinkedIn and having uh, Facebook and Twitter and all that good stuff. So organic is, is the goal of everyone, to just be the natural result when people search for you. Craig, thanks very much. We really appreciate your input today. Covered a lot of great material. Again, if you're looking for Craig's company, it's roveramedia.com, R-O-V-E-R-E-M-E-D-I-A, roveramedia.com. And if you would like to hear this show again, please go to Manufacturing Talk Radio or mfgtalkradio.com. And you can replay the show to pick up on what were about 10 golden nuggets in this show. Really helpful information. And the next show, we will be speaking to you live from Las Vegas at the ISM Annual Convention. So that wraps up our show for Manufacturing Talk Radio today. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Thank you. You were listening to the only show that takes a look at the obstacles and opportunities open to small to mid-sized enterprises to manufacture here in America and all the challenges that go along with that. With your hosts, Tim Grady and Lou Weiss.
Brought to you by All Metals and Forge Group. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com. <laughs> <laughs> 